Yeah, man, Friday, second hour of the two-hour program, and uh, we're at the steamy 2021 Summer Golf Classic, 104.5 The Zone Champions Run. It is uh, a balmy 94 and a half degrees under the porch with the ceiling fans blowing where we are, but the golfers are cool, having a great time uh, playing here, and uh, lots of folks from the zone hanging out. It's been fun visiting with the golfers and having a great time out here. We want to say thanks to everybody who sponsors these things and helps us to do it. Our friends at Two Rivers Ford, powered by Ford, driven by people, um, comprehensive security, Uptown Mail Spa, Ferguson PPE, RTM Roofing, R3 Contractors, Hiller, Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical, King & Associates Insurance, Mark Spain Real Estate, Brentwood Jewelry, and, of course, Terry Marlin and the fantastic people at Fight DMD. Uh, so many people involved in making this thing happen. Blake, it's always fun to come out here. It's fun to catch up with all the people who listen to The Zone and, and make this station what it is. The, the people who listen to the station and who interact with us every day they're the reason why the station is what it is. Just all the great people who love this station. They make it. Yeah. Oh, no doubt about it, man. Just to see this beautiful view. We got to make sure we take a picture of this. And the clouds and how clear and the mountains back there. Oh, man. Nice. Oh, this. I feel like this should be my back porch. I should, man, I should, maybe I should go get by that land over there to the right over there, Mickey. Yeah, that'd be nice. We could look at these mountains every day. That's not quite and as mode. The, and, do, and do the show out there, you know, like we're here every day. Almost as nice as Mickey's backyard. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, with that waterfall. Right. Yeah, that was pretty nice though. There, we, all the we, poison ivy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, we were all over Mickey's house yesterday, so that was that was great. Him and his family were. Had a team meeting. Yeah, we had, yeah. We got to get ready for the season. Yeah, Lucas is actually our captain. We wanted a young captain who could lead us down to the promised land for years to come. <laughs> no, actually, uh, our wives were the captain. <laughs> Last night, anyway. Lucas is laughing like, yeah, I know y'all's wives are the captain, you two yeah. knuckleheads. Yeah. Uh, Titans tomorrow will play their final preseason game. I'm still getting used to three preseason games, and it's it's weird. There was a formula that almost everybody used when there were four of them. 32 teams did 32 different things this year. What are you talking about as far as playing? Time? Yeah, as far as, like, who played and when the starters did. Now, some people just say I'm not playing starters, or there's some people that never play in the preseason. But there were a whole lot of people that just said, this is the way we're doing it this year. To me, that's been an interesting experiment. It's just to see how different organizations handled the three-game preseason. It depends on where you think your team is as a head coach. And some of them feel like regardless of, you know, if the team is a playoff contending team or not, they want their guys to play. I remember Tom Brady has already, you know, played in some preseason games. And where Tannehill looks like, well, because of COVID now for sure, it's not going to be playing any. And then after last season where – Nobody played preseason game. I think some coaches sat back and said, you know what, maybe we can get by without actually playing preseason games. If, if you do, maybe just a series or two for my starters or who I know is going to be on my roster. It's going to carry us our team because we have now an extra game, and eventually it'll be 18, and eventually it'll be 20. So probably it will end up being no preseasons again at some point in our lifetime. I guarantee you that in 20 games. But as of right now, yeah, a lot of teams are doing a lot of different things depending on – if they're in a situation where they're competing for starting job or maybe they want to keep a high-salary veteran around or let a young guy take over. So everybody's in different situations. So it's always intriguing. And what would make me really nervous at this time, if I was a starter, and but they wanted us to play and we're going against the twos of the other team, that would, that would piss me off because if that guy toasted me mm-hmm. being a DB, now I look like I got toasted by a second-string guy who's not actually even a starter. Right. So you better go out there guns a-blazing 
if you're a starter in this league, and it doesn't matter who you go against, you better let them know that you're the real deal. Yeah, because that's going, that can expose some guys and make coaches now look take a second look and go, eh, I think he may be on the downward slope. And you can't you, you can't even crack that window, can you? You no. got to keep that window nailed shut all the time. All the like, time. Oh no, man, I'm gonna go out there and play mm. like it's the Super Bowl. So no, this yeah. window staying nailed shut. I can promise you. Especially if you're an aging veteran. When I say that in in a real world of of sports, you know, in the NFL, you know, you get 30 all of a sudden. Now you're you're a different player. I'm like, oh, well, can he still do it? They'll start questioning and doubting until you close the door and say, no, nah, this guy still got got the goods. Our guy Bam has got the goods. We love taking calls on the Mark Spain Real Estate Hotline, 615-737-1045. Bam wanted to check in to start this 2 o'clock hour. What's up, Bam? Yo, yo, what's good, fellas? Hey, what's going on? Yeah, you tell us. Man, look, I wanted to start from with y'all something called Funky Fridays, man, where I give you a funky music story every Friday. Okay. To start the weekend off and get us ready for type for the weekend for football. Go ahead and blow our minds then. We're, we're awaiting it. Well, well, Mickey's our music nah, expert. Man, look, so uh, I remember one time, uh, Mickey, like when you first started, how, you know, your anticipation and everything was up when you got on stage and stuff. Okay, so imagine this. We rehearsed with the Ohio players for when I did that tour, the first run I did, we rehearsed three months straight, eight hours a day, every, five days a week. All right? So the first show we did was in Los Angeles, California. 20,000 people there, bro. I forgot the whole entire <laughs> show. <laughs> I mean, I just totally just like, I mean, you we rehearsed up, relentlessly. Huh? Like, I'm talking about, it, it was like clockwork we rehearsed. Like, for like 10 minutes, I just went blank, man, in front of all those people. But after that, you know what I'm saying? I mean, my after I got over my nerves. It was a beautiful thing. So I said that to say, even no matter where you're at, whether you're in football, whether you're in, you know, music, yes. whatever it is, you're going to have that moment to where you have a brain fart. So brain farts are okay. You know, as long as we don't have them in the playoffs again, Ryan Tannehill is allowed, allowed to have one brain fart, just one brain fart a year. That's it. Blaine, have you ever had a brain fart before? Oh, man. A brain I, fart. Yeah, brain fart. <laughs> I was sitting here trying to think about it, and – I can give you only one time that that actually happened, and it was in my rookie year. And we had a play sheet for us. We had to know all the plays when the coach would give us a signal of one, two, three, or four from the sideline with his hand. And whatever formation it came out, they called it an AFC sheet. One meant AFC, number two meant BTF, which blitzed the formation, and then they had the 46 AFC and 46 BTF, blitz the formation. So whatever formation they came out of, you had to know what to run. And then with on the motions and all the adjustments and shifts and everything else. Well, my rookie year, the first time I got out there to actually partake in this is when I got the chance to start with like week nine or ten or somewhere. We're, the season has started. It's, it's going on. So I don't know. It might have been eight game. And we got there, and I, I know Every single play, every time they line, I know, I know. First play, I'm standing next to the uh, middle linebacker who's also getting the plays, and we're supposed to be disseminating to everybody else. He calls, like, you know, BTF, and they line up, and I'm going, uh-oh, what are we supposed to do? <laughs> and, no, and when I say that is, they shifted. I knew initially what to do, but then when they moved, I didn't already have in my mind anticipating what they would move to to know what we would check to. 
I ran so fast next to the uh, offense. I mean, the middle linebacker to get the call that there was the adjustment to that play. You talking about I, I when I got to the sideline, I was checking the back of my pants to see if I uh, kind of had let one slip out there because I was, you know, pooping in my pants. <laughs> I was so nervous after that. I was like, oh man, because once you get jilted a little bit, it felt like I know everything, and then all of a sudden you don't and you freeze up. Oh, that that was that was definitely nerve wracking for me. Uh, so after that, I was, here's what I did to make sure that never happened. I just stood next to the middle linebacker the rest of the game and got the call and then ran to my spot. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to be saving you. And the middle linebacker at the time was Michael Barrow. Michael Barrow, yeah. Yeah, the U. He, he probably was the smartest player I've ever played with. I did, mean, did he catch on finally? Like, okay, man, here, I'm just going to yell it at you so you don't have to come so close. No, no, no. He was like, I got you, cowboy. He was the one who gave me the, you, nick, yeah, the, the, middle, you know, the nickname of cowboy. <laughs> yeah. like, let me see you do that cowboy dance. Cause I used to do this little dance after I get a tackle or something. He was like, yeah, let me see the cowboy. So people used to laugh at me on other teams like, hey, man, what is that dance you're doing? I'm like, hey, man, I got the bow legs. I just got off the, I just got off the horse, man. I'm ready to do my dance. <laughs> All right, bam. Fun times, man. man. But, but I was a nervous wreck. I, so I, it happens to. What happened on that play? Do you remember? It, it, yeah, I froze up. I have no idea. Oh, you know, like. They, was, like, ran away, and it didn't affect anything. But okay. I was still barely in the right spot. Okay. All right. I didn't know if it was like. <laughs> but I had no idea what I was doing. Okay. No, no, I did not. Nothing happened. Okay. But I still, I was still nervous because I did not like, you know, you know, not knowing what to do. Yeah, that was uncomfortable. I don't know how guys do that. Dude, some guys make it through games with, all the time. We're like, oh, man, I didn't know what I was supposed to do on that play. I'll be looking at him like, what? He didn't know what to do. Well, in worst case scenario, just get that guy. Like, you know, I'm talking to DB. Oh, right. Just get the guy. Cover that guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't, I don't know. If I, I just I did, I, but I don't think that was what I was supposed to do. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You talking about then makes me nervous, and it's not even me. <laughs> Oh, man, I'm working with this. I bet watching film, too, next day, you'd be like, that guy does not know what he's doing right there. No, I did not. I sit next to him, and I didn't want to get him in trouble, so I, like, elbow him. It's like, hey, man, this is why you're not supposed to be napping in the, in the meeting. Right, wake up. Yeah. We got to wake up because uh, Jeff Dickerson's going to join us next. He covers the Bears for ESPN. Again, 2021 Zone Summer Golf Classic. Duncan brought the breakfast, and Uncle Bud's brought the lunch. Man, so good. Edley's Barbecue is bringing the dinner. Innovative Business Solutions doing all the signage, the beautiful signage out here on the course. Again, Bears and Titans tomorrow night here on The Zone. We'll talk Bears next on Blaine and Mickey. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Beautiful day for golf at The Zone's 2021 Summer Golf Classic Champions Run Golf Course in Rockville, Tennessee. That's where you can find us people's cooling off with some beverages today from TriStar Beverages, Red Dog Wine and Spirits, and Fistful of Bourbon. Appreciate all of them helping sponsor this great event. We're joined now by Jeff Dickerson, joining us from uh, beautiful Chicago at Dickerson ESPN, the Bears beat reporter. Jeff, Chicago is one of those interesting places because it can literally freeze you to death, and in the summer it can burn you to death. I love Chicago, but you guys have the most extreme weather, and it goes both ways up there. You know, first of all, great to be with you guys. Uh, I feel Chicago is the greatest summer city in the country. Now, unfortunately, it's only the greatest summer city in the country because, yes, the the winters, uh, they do present quite the conundrum for a lot of us up here uh, because there's so much to do here in the summer. 
And I used to live in, in the city by Wrigley Field for seven glorious years before uh, we moved out to the suburbs. Uh, there literally is like a street festival every week. There are more bars than the eye can even imagine. It's like literally Broadway times a thousand, honestly, in some of these neighborhoods. But then when it gets to be the winter and it's so cold and there's so much snow and ice, you ask yourself, do I really want to do this for another year? So far, my answer has been yes. But one of these days, guys, I don't know. Maybe the answer will be no, and I could be relocating someplace down south. Come on down to Nashville, man. We got enough hush puppies and sweet tea for everybody. <laughs> uh, hey. Listen, uh, it's breaking my heart. Uh, ESPN is not allowing us to travel in the preseason. That's kind of a, a newer rule. Uh, but uh, Nashville is one of my absolute favorite cities. It's probably saving me about $1,000 in bar tabs from down on Broadway, <laughs> not being there this weekend, but my heart certainly will be missing it, trust me. Hey, when you came on with us, we're doing our show from our, our station golf tournament, and I was reading the beverage sponsors, and I wanted to do that. That was intentional because, like a fine wine, apparently it takes Matt Nagy's offense a few years to age before it's aged to perfection. I know that quote has gotten a lot of mileage that, well, you know, this thing, you can't just do it in a year. It takes years to learn the Matt Nagy offense. Yeah, when, when Matt said that the other day, that was a bit of a one. We were like, oh, boy, uh, did he really <laughs> say it like that? Uh, but he did. And, I mean, I, I, I think what he was trying to say is that at least now, after being around these guys for several years, there is more of a familiarity. However, you know, I think anyone would argue that you know, the average coach in the NFL gets, what, two years to win before they're fired, basically, right? I mean, so it's not as if you can go into a job being like, don't worry, four years from now, my offense is going to be where it needs to be. And that really, guys, if you want to talk about the Bears truly and, and what the story about this season is going to be, it's about the offense. You know, so much focus, of course, is on Justin Fields and Andy Dalton and all the quarterback stuff, but the offense in general has been so underwhelming the last couple of years, even in 2018, when the bears had this historically great defense, the offense was, was very hit or miss. And the last two years it's regressed. It's been even worse. So, I mean, there is a lot of pressure. I know on Matt Nagy, not just to get the quarterback thing right with fields, but just in general to get the offense more productive, more consistent, you know, not abandoning the run at the first sign of trouble, trying to use David Montgomery, use Allen Robinson in the passing game. If they could do that with their defense, they've got a chance to be okay. But if the offense doesn't get substantially better, guys, unfortunately, I think this is going to be a team that's probably not going to make the playoffs. Some good stuff starting off here from uh, Jeff Dickerson at Dickerson ESPN, Chicago Bears reporter. <laughs> well, Jeff, man, with that nugget you just gave us, who's – Seed is hotter, yeah. in my mind, Ryan Pace or, or Matt Nagy. I mean, here, what's going on? Well, you know, and, and here's the, the, the unfortunate thing is, you know, Nagy has made the playoffs two of the last three years. Now, you guys right. know, last year the Bears backed into the playoffs. I mean, they, they got hot at the very end of the year against some very bad teams. Um, did not look good against New Orleans in that opening round playoff loss. But to make the playoffs two out of three years, I hate to say it, guys, in Chicago doesn't happen very often. I mean, compared to John Fox and Mark Trestman, Matt Nagy looks like Vince Lombardi having making the playoffs this much. So the last thing they want to do, they do not want to fire Matt Nagy. They do not want to fire Ryan Pace. Absolutely not. That is, that is not what they're thinking going into this year. 
That is like worst, worst case scenario. But I think for Nagy, he, again, he was hired in Chicago because of the offense, because he came from Kansas City, because he's an Andy Reid guy. And I think personally, you know, again, just covering the team every day, I'm not in the locker room with the guys, but I can just see being around, well, not as around as much as we'd like to because of COVID the last couple of years, but you know, you get my point. I think Matt Nagy does a lot of good things as a coach. I, I think he's a player's coach. I like how he runs everything. Uh, I like how he keeps it very upbeat. He's got a lot of energy. He's not a jerk to the guys, treats them very professionally. But, again, he's going to be judged ultimately on the offense and developing Justin Fields. So his seat certainly, um, I don't say it's like scorching hot, but, I mean, I think he needs to have a good year offensively. And Ryan Pace just has to prove that Justin Fields was the right pick. Um, the second-round pick, you're not going to see him, guys, tomorrow. That's Tevin Jenkins out of Oklahoma State. He had back surgery. Didn't have one snap at practice this summer. Mm-hmm. And that was your projected left tackle. So that's not working really in Ryan Pace's favor. There was the whole Trubisky thing. That didn't work out. Adam Shaheen was a second-round pick. That didn't work out. Kevin White was a first-round pick. That well, a lot of didn't work out. haven't worked out <laughs> with the Bears. So I think both guys are under pressure to win. But I think it would take a real clunker, real, I mean, like a four-win, three-win season for these guys to get fired. Man, you touched on a couple things that I want to hit on, and one of them is the offensive line. They've had some injury issues. Will they be back for the regular season? And and why do they think, uh, like, Jason Peters, uh, a 39-year-old, is going to come in and uh, do some serious work as a starter? Yeah, and and you know, when you don't have an offensive line, it's going to be tough, and – you know, so they had the Tevin Jenkins thing happen, and that's a huge disaster because he was going to be their left tackle. They did sign Jason Peters. Um, I mean, he, if you look at what they have right now, Jason Peters at 39, who was fishing when the Bears called him to, to sign him. You know, he, he was trying to stay in shape, but I think everyone knows it's hard to stay in great football shape when you're not in camp. You're, you know, 39 years old. I mean, these are things, you're an offensive lineman, so weight's always going to be a bit of an issue. But if you look at what else they have, he's their best shot right now. So they just got to get him ready. Um, they've had other injuries on their offensive line. They just got Jermaine Effetti back. He's going to be the right tackle. They just got James Daniels back. He's going to be their right guard. Uh, except for Cody Whitehair, who's really a good player, their left guard. They do like Sam Mustafer. He's their center, second-year guy or I mean, second year in the starting rotation out of Notre Dame. He's very promising, but it's a, it's a patchwork offensive line. And that's why, you know, Andy Dalton in the preseason games has not looked good. But if you look at, like, what has Andy Dalton had to work with here? It's an offensive line that has been in shambles. You know, they haven't played with Allen Robinson yet. They haven't played David Montgomery yet in the preseason except for one snap. So, you know, it, it, it's, it's a question mark, and that's why – for all the encouraging signs you have seen from Justin Fields, the overall offense is just as alarming as it's been the last couple of years. There are just so many question marks there. It's hard to know where to begin. Well, that's why everybody questions that Andy Dalton is going to be the starter. Who's had the better training camp? We're, we're not there. We're looking from yeah. afar. The offensive line issues. So naturally, everybody's going to say, well, Fields gives you another dynamic of running around. Does he know all the plays and getting all the checks? Probably not. But who's played the best to this point? Yeah, so, so the way that I look at it, I've, I've covered the Bears since 2004. 
So I've, I've had to endure, you know, all the preseason <laughs> stuff like everyone for a long time. I truly look at practice a little more than these preseason games uh-huh. um, for, for two reasons. Number one, we all know the preseason is as much as you try to tell everyone, don't overreact at the preseason, people just overreact all the time. You can't, you, you can't, that's a losing battle, especially in Chicago. Every year you're like, everyone, listen, can't get too high, you can't get too low. It's the preseason. Then one thing happens and the whole city erupts, you know, oh, my God, it's the preseason. But so that, and number two, you know, that Bears defense, if they can stay healthy, um, is going to be pretty good. So I liked watching the ones versus the ones every day in practice. I think Andy Dalton had a, a, a better overall camp, okay? I think he started a lot stronger than Justin Fields, who I think made a lot of improvements as camp went on. You can't deny the fact that Justin Fields brings that element of speed and, and movement outside the pocket. He's just a stud athlete. You know, he's got all the ability. I mean, I, I don't see any deficiencies. As far, I don't see anything he doesn't have. Now, he still is experienced like any rookie quarterback would be. I mean, it's a lot to process. It's a lot to handle for someone. And I think the Bears are truly trying to do the right thing. For a team that has never had a good quarterback plan, like ever, like 70 years, you know, this is actually a really good plan. They're trying to see it to fruition, but everyone wants them to junk the plan after two preseason games. We're trying to be like, it's just the preseason. Like, let's see how this plays out. So, but it's going to be Fields' job. I would say my best guess is by week six or seven, Justin Fields will be the Bears starting quarterback. But I believe, and the Bears believe, the longer they can delay that, the longer that they can have him sit and learn a little bit, the better off he's going to be in the long run. And, and quite frankly, I agree. I, I, I think it would be nice to let him have a little time to get, a, get everything together, to really know the playbook, to really know the plays, to be super comfortable uh, with everything, as opposed to just throwing him out there before he's ready. But you try to tell that to people in Chicago, and they want to slam the door on your face. They don't want to hear that. Man, we're with uh, Jeff Dickerson uh, is covering uh... – uh, the Chicago Bears for the ESPN NFL Nation. And one more to add to that. I, I know I'm, I'm going overboard with, with Mickey, my partner, but who is the most beloved quarterback in Chicago Bear history? And then the second part of that is, who is the best quarterback in Chicago Bear history? Well, you know, the best Bears quarterback was Sid Luckman. He's a Hall of Famer. We're talking 70 years. So I'm sure back then when the – the gentlemen were all wearing suits and fedoras to football games back in, like, the 40s. I'm sure he was beloved. Since then, I mean, I guess I would have to give it to Jim McMahon because they won the Super Bowl and because he was such a personality. But his career was disappointing because he was injured, and they only won that one Super Bowl with a roster that was loaded and should have won a lot more. I think Jim McMahon still, because of the 85 Bears and just the – never-ending nostalgia and myth around that team is the, is the most beloved. The most talented, not to, ask, not to add a third part to the question, but I'll, I'll say it, the most talented was Cutler. Oh, now, I know there's a lot yeah. of Jay people down in Nashville. Okay? Yeah, yeah, that's how we went okay? in there. Uh, you know, I covered Jay for the whole run, in all nine years in Chicago. It, he, Jay is an amazing athlete. I mean, amazing athlete. When Jay says he could be an Olympic player in handball, I believe him. Like, I think Jay could have played baseball. 
in college. He could have played basketball in college. He was the greatest athlete. I would never say – I would never use the word beloved and Jay Cutler in the same sentence, though. That just, what just wasn't the reality here. But he, in terms of ability, like, I, that's what I look at with Justin Fields is, you know, and I love multi-sport athletes. I'm a big proponent of that. My son is a three-sport athlete. I tell kids all the time, man, you've got to play more than one sport. Think if there's any comparables to his athleticism, it's to Jay, who was a great three-sport athlete in high school. Justin Fields was a multi-sport athlete. He could be a professional baseball player. Um, I think where um, – I really, I mean, and Jay ran almost as well as Justin Fields. That was so underrated. I just think that, you know, Justin Field, Fields might do a little bit of a better job with the nuances, right, as a young player – understanding the responsibilities that come with being a quarterback, understanding the importance of locker room dynamics, interpersonal relationships. I think Jay figured that out at the end. He really did. But at that point, though, he had been beat up so much and injuries, and, you know, that was a shame. I think where Justin Fields has the edges, he understands that now. And I, and I think that's going to manifest itself into him being a really good quarterback whenever that time comes that he plays. Jeff Dickerson covers the Bears for ESPN in Chicago. Uh, Tell Titans fans, because we've only seen this dude about two weeks, and we think he could be the number two quarterback. What what can they expect from, from Matt Barkley if he does wind up being on this roster? What are your memories, thoughts of him? Yeah, Matt, Matt Barkley was – well, that was a tough situation because the Bears were really bad. I mean, oh, my gosh. If you wanted to cure, you know, um, sleepless nights, you should have watched the John Fox Bears because they would have passed you right out. They were so terrible. Just, just terrible job from top to bottom with, with that little regime there. Um, but you know, I thought Matt, you know, stepped in and made some, some nice throws. I thought, I thought he could throw us a nice deep ball from my, from my memory. Um, I just think I don't, I don't, like I said, I think as a backup, I really think he is placed in a good spot. I think it was a little much to ask him to be a starter every single week. But I think someone, if he has to go in there, like if this Tannehill thing, you know, continues, unfortunately, or, or if something else happens down the road um, and he's not available, uh, I, I think Matt could step in and do a pretty good job. But I just, I just think I wouldn't, wouldn't feel comfortable asking him to take over for an entire season. But as an emergency stopgap player, I think he could do quite well still at, at this age. You've got a lot of Titans fans scratching their heads right now. He's trying to beat out the incumbent longtime backup, a guy, Logan Woodside, uh, who we still don't know too much about. He's hung around here. I called him Twinkies after a nuclear war. He just keeps on surviving. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> All right. We've had we've talked about how many we've mentioned like seven quarterbacks on the show. Here's the craziest thing. The Bears third string quarterback is the Super Bowl MVP, Nick Foles. I don't even know if people know he's still there until he did that outlandishly amazing news conference where he said, I'm just gonna keep killing it against the threes until somebody calls me trying to get a job in Indy. What is going on with Nick Foles besides slinging it against the threes and cashing checks? That was like a hostage video. Like he was begging <laughs> for someone to come in and save him. I was like, wow, Nick, this is really – we're going over the top here with this one. Uh, yeah, Nick Foles obviously is overqualified to be a third-string quarterback. I mean, come on. I mean, he, he is – you know, he could play, still play. I'm not, I'm not saying that he's the answer to any problems out there long-term or anything, but this guy can play football. He's, he's, he's positioned where he is because the Bears are, are paying him some good money. And, uh, you know, to trade for his contract, you would really need him to 
start and, and play right away. And uh, I you know no team has been in that position yet. The Colts thought, uh, you know, they obviously feel like Carson Wentz is going to be available for week one. And, and they kind of knew that at the time. So that was, that was not going to happen. So yeah. Uh, when I, when, well, Nick's telling you the truth, by the way, when, when he says that he's slicing up the number threes, he is, it's almost unfair. I mean, he's going against guys that aren't going to make the team and, he, he definitely knows what he's doing. So he's still there, uh, still the third quarterback, and, and barring someone taking that contract, uh, my guess is the Bears aren't just going to want to eat that money. They're going to keep him around. Jeff Dickerson, our guest, covers the Bears for ESPN. Well, since we're always talking about the Bears, usually you're never talking about the quarterback. You're always talking about the defense. Can Khalil Mack and this defense carry them into the playoffs again? I don't know if they can carry them into the playoffs without the offense picking up their portion of the slack. I think if they can play some complimentary football, I think the Bears are going to be a, a, a good team. Are they going to beat Green Bay? I don't think so. Aaron Rodgers has got that revenge thing looking like that's going to happen again. I mean, he's a, when in that dude scorned, you got to watch out. Um, so I don't think they're going to be better than the Packers. But can they be better than the Vikings and the Lions? Absolutely, if the offense does their share. I think defensively the Bears have a lot of good players. They've got Khalil Mack. Team Hicks is, a, is really tough up front. Um, you know, Roquan Smith is, is emerging into one of the better young inside linebackers in the NFL. You know, Eddie Jackson made a Pro Bowl. They've lost some pieces. You know, having Kyle Fuller get released was unfortunate because of salary cap reasons. So there's some question marks at corner. They've got some question marks at nickel. They really need Robert Quinn, guys, to have a bounce-back year because they gave him $30 million guaranteed, and Quinn had two sacks last year. Ooh, that was tough. That was, that was tough to watch, and by his own admission, that was tough. So I think with a new coordinator and Sean Desai, first time he's had this job, I think the Bears can be a good defense. I wouldn't say they're going to be like they were under Fangio a couple of years ago when they were like number one in almost every category, but I think they can be close to a top-ten defense, and that will be good enough if the offense makes some significant strides, as people around here hope they do. Well, lastly, real quick, Jeff, was there any truth to Gruden trying to trade back to get Khalil Mack to the Raiders? Ah, Tell I'm, me it's not I'm so. Sure. I'm, sure, I'm sure that was true. Absolutely. And I'm, I believe the Bears' response was no, a, a firm no. I mean, uh, <laughs> you know, Khalil Mack had a shoulder injury last year, so he, he was not 100%. He was on the report, but he played every game as, as a guy of that stature should. I mean, he's, you know, they look up right. to him. He's gotten through it the best he can. He's healthy this year, so I think he's going to get off to a really good start. I wouldn't be surprised, guys, after a month of the season that he's got himself about four or five sacks already because he looks physically so much better this summer than he did all of last year with that shoulder problem. So, he, I mean, he's making a ton of money. He knows he has to produce and the last couple of years have just kind of been okay by his standards. But I really do think with that shoulder problem now healed, um, he's going to turn it loose. And that, again, is why they just need Robert Quinn to give them some supplemental pass rush on the other side so teams just can't double and triple team Khalil Mack every single snap, as some offenses have been known to do. Ooh, good stuff. Yeah, hey, Jeff, great stuff. When you get back down to Nashville, look us up, man. We can't can't wait to meet you when the uh, travel ban gets lifted. At Dickerson ESPN, that's where people can follow you, and they need to do that to keep up on all the latest with the Chicago Bears. Thank you, man. Appreciate it, Jeff. Thanks, guys. Have a great weekend. You yes, too. Sir. Jeff Dickerson right there. When we come back, what do we do on the last segment of every Friday? We call our shot. We're going to call our shot next. Blaine and Mickey.
Shane and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Great stuff from Jeff Dickerson uh, talking about Matt Barkley essentially saying, yeah, I mean, you don't want that guy as your starter, but as a, as a backup quarterback, that dude can win you some games. Uh, well, he said starter for a whole season. Right, starter for a whole season, but could come in and be a stopgap type quarterback. And honestly, I mean, how many teams have the guy? How many teams have Neil O'Donnell as their backup quarterback where he could just come in and keep things going? Well, he had the right mentality, and he was a former starter. Sure. So and he definitely stood that role. So with a guy like Barkley, I just thought that was interesting because he and Logan Woodside are going to be battling for the starting job tomorrow. Yeah, so since you're talking about that and we're about to do call your shot, shot, my shot is Matt Barkley's going to win the backup job. He is going to win it. Sorry, I hated Mac action. Toledo, <laughs> Woodside, sorry, but you'll be number three starting Tuesday. Well, Woodside and, has something to say about it, though, tomorrow. And, and the interesting thing about this, this is, and we talked in the second segment of the show with this, about the Buck Rising, you ask him, now COVID's going to change some things based on who's in the protocol because some of these guys are probably still going to be in on Tuesday right. when the final roster drops. So, so they both could make the roster, yeah, but so it's the one who has number two behind it yep. is the winner. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> because the other guy's probably going to live in a bunker and be the COVID quarterback after that. Yeah, yeah once Tanny, Tanny time come back. Lucas, you want to uh, – so Blaine's called a shot. He's, he's ended the quarterback race for the time. Yeah, I've ended it. Lucas Panzica, is there something you – have you got a receiver thing that you can end here? Are you going to end it for Mason Kinsey or for one of these guys, or what's your shot going to be? It's week zero of the college football season. I'm going to college football. Nebraska, Illinois, the Big Ten starts off tomorrow at noon. Scott Frost era is on a sinking ship. You don't see coaches at major programs like Nebraska get off to the start that he has gotten off to. And now NCAA investigation on top of it. It is a sinking ship. I think Illinois beats Nebraska tomorrow at noon. Oh, Brett Bielema, right? That's who's there? It is Brett Bielema. Yeah. Oh, I, I like him. I do. Okay, this is written down, so I have backup here. Uh-oh, let me see. Let me see. Let me make my, sure. My shot, Illinois beats Nebraska uh. minus seven. <laughs> Illinois loaded with experience and seniors. They have like, I don't know, 40-something COVID seniors or whatever. It's unbelievable how many guys they brought back that are seniors. Brett Bielema wins his debut. Guys love playing for Bielema. Yes. And he's been successful in that league. And like you said, Scott Frost is on like one of those rope bridges that goes over the gorge, and yeah. you're on there shaking and about to fall. A fall new AD, too, who didn't hire him. Didn't hire him. Trev Alberts. Alberts. Hey, man. Mm-hmm. Already hey man. three losing seasons. Like, you don't see bounce backs like that at this level. I just I, – I can't wait to watch college football tomorrow. So another shot that I'm going to call is my son has got a soccer game. I will probably tape college game day and then go back and watch it tomorrow night. I will watch college game – I love college game day. Hey, uh, Rabble's favorite player is officially a Manchester United player. Okay, that was the last thing that I had on my notes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I had on my notes. Man, did, did you guys collaborate before we came? No, <laughs> but I'll show you. I, again, I have I think, you, I think you and Lucas talked about this last night when we were at your house. No, this is written down. No. Lucas. Uh, I cannot see that. What's up in the soccer world? No. Because everybody's changing teams right now. What? Like, I saw the Ronaldo thing, and I was like, okay, 
Put that in football mm. terms. Would that be like yeah. when Tom Brady went to the Bucs or yeah. something? Well, 33 million Tom Brady is not making, but yeah, it's something like it's that. A, it's a, the players, it's similar comparison because they just they haven't aged, right? Like they've both gotten younger as their careers have progressed. But Brady, and the stats back that up for Ronaldo. He's got like 250 goals in 250 games since he turned 30 or something. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Like and he's 36. He doesn't look like, he looks like he's 25. So yeah, I guess that's a good comparison. Everybody thought it was Manchester City and then it was a quick pivot and now it's Manchester Manchester United, that's official, and that's where he started his career after he left Portugal was Manchester United, made a name for himself. So, yeah, the transfer market is absolutely nuts in Europe right now. Transfer market. Say, let's say trade even. Transfer market. That's, nice that's what it is. You pay money to get players, and then you got to pay the players. And then you got to pay the players, so they have to double dip. Okay. Their money's so long, they double dip. All right, I'm going to tell you this, Lucas. My son's got a soccer game tomorrow. I'm going to tell him, hey, be good at soccer. I need you to be good at soccer so you can get transferred one day. Or be a punter. <laughs> yes, Brett Kern, if you're listening, my son is awaiting his punting lessons. He punted one at Blaine last night. Yeah. Blaine caught that sucker with one hand. Yeah. Well, he was pretty good there. All I could tell him about punting is just stretch. <laughs> <laughs> we can't stretch the show anymore. We got to go because 3HL's coming up next. Again, thanks to everybody who made this Zone Summer Golf Classic happen. One more mention for uh, our last round. Prizes provided by Seymour Putter Company, Nashville Soccer Club, Soccer, Brentwood Jewelry, Southern Trophy House, and the National Predators. Thanks to all the other sponsors as well. We will see you Monday. 3HL is coming up next. And, Blaine, what do you say when we leave? As always, be safe this weekend and peace. peace.